Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, relax, and let's chat about what's happening up in the sky above us this morning. Happy March 14th. We're getting to the Ides of March, those days that were spoken of in Julius Caesar, where Caesar loses his life in the Ides of March, March 15th which is tomorrow actually, but here we are today on the 14th. I hope everybody is doing well. We had a great little conversation going on behind the scenes this morning <laughs> before the broadcast started. And uh, a couple of things I want to say, first of all, uh, I hope all of you had a wonderful weekend and it's really good to see you all. And I'm so glad to see everybody's in a chatty mood today. I want to say hi to Kathleen. It's been a long time since we've seen you out there in the chat. So I'm so happy to see you. And Tom uh, asked a great question this morning is, are you sure there are no retrograde planets? Yes, Tom, I am absolutely sure. But I want to share something very odd that happened to me this weekend. I also know the answer. So it's not that I'm crazy or not that I'm losing it. Uh, but I was at a family gathering yesterday. It was Wyatt's fourth birthday. So we were all gathered together. And I went outside to see another one of my grandsons who was outside. I think he was a little shy of all the people that were arriving. And he's just five. So he was like, you know, a little standoffish. So I went outside to go visit him just to say hi and, you know, make sure he knew grandma was here. And uh, so we were kind of chasing each other around the backyard and I turned to him to ask him if he wanted me to help him get in the trampoline, but I couldn't remember the word, the word trampoline. And I, sit, I stood there for like two or three minutes trying to figure out what the hell that thing was called. Finally, I look at my son and I said, Wesley, what, what, what's that called? He said, a trampoline? <laughs> oh my gosh, I wanted to call it a tambourine. It was the weirdest thing that's ever happened in my life. And it was like there was just this hole right here in my brain somewhere that uh, wouldn't put that word with that that contraption. And, you know, by then, you know, Noah had totally lost interest in, in playing on the tambourine trampoline. So I went in the house and I later I said to my kids, I don't know what what is wrong with me, but sometimes these holes just appear in my mind where I can't come up with the word or I can't you know, say something. And then I realized there is an astrological reason for all of this. Thank God it's astrological and it isn't something that's lost in my head. Um, and that is, remember last week, uh, was it Wednesday, Mercury, the planet of communication, the planet of the mind, moved into Pisces. And at first, of course, it wasn't going to be too much of a problem. But as soon as he starts to come into closer contact with Jupiter, with the sun and with Neptune, things begin to get foggier. So if you're experiencing weirdness, high weirdness, and Tom, you and I both are Geminis and Mercury's our ruling planet. So where Mercury goes, so do we. So if you are feeling something like that, perhaps that's what it is. Um, I'll see your odd and raise you a WTFFLMAO. Okay, so I, we got to hear the story, Tom. So um, there's just some weirdness going on when we have so many planets in Pisces, which is a sign that is sort of etheric. 
it's sort of the woo-woo sign of all the signs. So all your water signs are going to be woo-woo-ish, right? So over the weekend, in, in fact, we had uh, the moon in Cancer. We have the south node in Scorpio. And then we have that ton of planets over there in Pisces. And that is giving us a lot of water. So a lot of emotion. And if you've ever had an emotional blow up, which I know you have, right? We all have. If you've ever had an emotional breakdown or a moment, right? Whether it is abject joy or sorrow or some kind of anger, you know how it's almost like your brain stops working, right? Your brain stops sort of, you know, calculating because the emotion, the flood of the emotion and the hormonal release that occurs because of that is flooding our systems. And so we can't be as clear as focused, as concentrating as we could be when we don't have that flood of emotions going on. So in the in the morning, for example, when we when we show the human design charts and so forth, I, in fact, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to show it to you right now because there is so much emotional energy. It's like the the solar plexus is on hyperdrive. And so we are being flooded with a host of emotions, not necessarily, you know, negative ones. I, I don't mean that at all, uh, but we're being flooded with emotions. And when you have that going on, it does make everything else a little more difficult to deal with. So let me share my screen and see if I can get that open. Uh, oh, you want me to share that, but that isn't what I want to see. Hold on. I got to open up something else. Uh, anyway, so uh, here we go. And see, even my computer doesn't want to behave right. And, you know, Tom, I know you're on the road, um, you know, moving from Eastern or from Western Canada to Eastern Canada. So I'm wondering if maybe transportation breakdowns, contractual breakdowns, things like that might be part of the problem, which is also uh, a part of the um mercury pisces sort of of energy and uh let's see here so let me share my screen now that i've got that window open here we go so oops that is not the one i wanted to share ah, but you can see look at this look at the solar plexus it's all lit up but i i have it all uh, i'm going to stop sharing that one and bring the other one up so that one goes in here and you'll see, you know, with that lighting up and then, uh, let's see, where do I put that downloads? There we go. Ah, there you are. Let's share that screen. Okay. Now you can see it with the planets listed here. So we have Jupiter, the sun and Neptune, Mercury, Earth and Saturn, all of them sitting on the emotional center. Now, Typically, we might have the sun and the earth moving through the solar plexus, but it is an interesting fact right now that we have uh, the two planets that are intermingling between the collective outer planets and the inner planets, the Jupiter and Saturn, in the solar plexus, and, and as well, then the sun and the earth, and then Mercury and Neptune. So we have an outer planet, two of the transpersonal planets, and three of the inner planets in the emotional center. So if you're wondering why emotional energy might be pr 
prevalent or why everything seems emotionally on fire, this would be why. And let's take a look at the gates. First of all, the 36 where the sun is going to be until from today or from yesterday until March 18th and where Neptune is, um, the gate 36, uh, I think he's there until later in the year. Um, that is a gate that brings us turbulence. It brings us chaos and restlessness and boredom and sort of things being feel, feeling like they're sort of on the edge. Um, we want the experiences of life, right? We, we're, we're trying to move through um, stagnation. And so the 36 brings us that opportunity to elevate and to move forward. So sun being there, of course, is the ego energy. So our physical vitality, our ego energy pushing us out. Neptune, the more spiritual of the two between the sun and the, and, and the two planets there, uh, brings us more into the spiritual adventure, if you will. So we may be noticing an uptick in spiritual phenomena. That might be dreams. It might be actual psychic you know, in, information coming in. Uh, all the clairs lit up in your chart or in your life. So you might be finding that that's part of the experience. Well, then we also put Jupiter in the gate 22, and that starts as of today. And Jupiter hasn't been in the gate 22 for 12 years. So we'll have forgotten maybe the impact. In fact, were we even having, you know, human design conversations 12 years ago in uh, this, in relation to Jupiter, likely not, or very few of us were. So when we put Jupiter at the gate, that's known for its moodiness, its shifts in up and down, and sometimes abruptly, but more often than not, sort of the bipolar feeling where you're high one moment and then down the next, then you put a, a gas giant like Jupiter here. And what are we magnetizing toward ourselves? And that is experiences that teach us about mood and its impact on us. And mood is not a bad thing. So I'm not talking like mood and emotions is something we want to watch out for or that we want to avoid, nothing like that. It's that the energy in this gate is going to help us take in some of the uh, energy, the, the, the knowledge, the wisdom of the universe that's coming in and to put it in its right place. And I'm going to give you an example of this. So here we are, every morning we're talking about this high spirituality. We're talking about the potential for humanity to overcome some of the oldest problems on the books, right? Because we are becoming more and more the co-creators of our reality, even though we've always been in the co-creator seat, but we're becoming more conscious about it. Yet look what the world has devolved into through all of these different chaotic events over the last couple of years. And yet, the, so then our emotional selves are on fire because of all these big things that are happening, and not only in the outer world, but in your own personal lives. So we're being taught how to use emotional energy in a creative and supportive way. Not that it's bad or wrong to feel depressed or to feel sad or to feel angry or to feel confused. It's not that. It's that what is that information telling you about you, about where you are in your evolution of consciousness, about what you are you calibrated with your heart center or have you gotten off center? So there's a lot that can be going on through this gate 22. And in the highest expression of the 22, it's all about grace, the grace and being gracious. And 
understanding that sometimes we might be in the mood to speak and other times we might not be in the mood to speak. And if we are not in the mood to speak, we need to be sure that we don't speak because often it comes out totally incorrectly if we are forcing things to come out. So we have to be more understanding and more compassionate with one another. And in this gate, Jupiter here brings up another sort of energy, and that's surrender, surrendering to whatever it is that is happening that might be of an emotional nature, that might be of a physical nature, whatever it is that's going on, recognizing if it's something that's outside of your control, then you have to release it. You just have to let that go and uh, let what happens happen or, you know, let wait until the shift occurs, the next shift occurs. Then we also have Mercury sitting here today uh, at the gate 37, which is a gate of peace or not. The nice thing that we can think of with the emotional center is everything is or isn't right there's a there's a it's turned on and it either is this particular thing or it isn't so with mercury here we either have peace or we don't right and peace comes from within it's not something that starts outside of us that begins the process of peace within us it's peace within us that then begins to be mirrored outside of us in the outer world mercury rules the mind so where the mind is not at peace, where you're overthinking or you are worried or there's anxiety, then your mind is not at peace. And then the outer world begins to look more chaotic or more upset or more out of sync or out of whack, right? We also have the earth. The earth is sitting at a gate. Now, I want to check this because in, in regular human design, we call this gate the gate of impact. And in quantum human design, okay, in quantum human design, it is also the gate of impact. Uh, I think in more the more traditional human design, the impact here was related to sort of the uh, the fritzing of our our energies, where friction begins to happen or conflict begins to happen. And so, in some cases, you might see this also called the gate of peace or not peace. But most often, we call this the gate of impact because it's a gate that brings up intimacy or the lack of intimacy in our relationships. And it's on the masculine side of the tribal circuitry. If that confuses you, don't get caught up in it. Just know that tribal circuitry in human design is a collection of gates that come together that code for love in relationships. So in family or in uh, spousal or romantic or uh, community. So it is the love that is demonstrated through care, through nurturing, through feeding, through protection. And the gate six is also on the search or on the hunt for intimacy. And people who have the gate six, their auras are often huge. I think we talked something about this on Friday, because I seem to remember talking about how our auras are right now going to be very much larger than normal because the earth sitting here is causing you personally to have an impact on everyone around you so that is coming through your energy field or your aura and that means that everybody you come into contact with can be a trigger or that you can become their trigger 
and it, maybe it's a trigger to laughter, to joy, to humor, but it could also be a trigger to anger or to upset. So we have to just be, be aware that energetically that's what's happening this week, right? That we are each other's triggers for whatever that might be. And then don't forget we have Saturn. Saturn sitting at the gate 49, a gate of revolution and rebellion. It's very Uranus in its feel. And Saturn here still within orb of a square in astrology to Uranus is creating that struggle between the old, the tried and the true and what's new, what's cutting edge and the potential for the future. So we have these places coming to rub within us that are also creating a revolution within us. All right. And so look at that. And this isn't going away, right? This is Mercury will move on in a couple of days. The Earth and the Sun will move on. But Neptune, Jupiter, and Saturn are going to stay in these particular gates for a while yet. So they are the ones triggering an elevation or uh, an evolution, if you will, in our consciousness. And then we also have a node shift going on this week. And I'm wondering if I might want to hold off in a conversation about that till a little bit later in this broadcast, or I may have to come on on another day, maybe Wednesday or maybe Friday. We have Pia and Colin. So maybe Wednesday I'll have to come on and talk about that. We'll see how my schedule goes. Um, so does that help answer any questions out there? Uh, Vanita, I saw you out here somewhere, I thought, and I think today's your birthday. So happy birthday to Vanita. And oh, we're stranded. The truck broke down. Oh, goodness. And let's see, you were in Sudbury, Sudbury, um, so in Ontario. So you're close to homish <laughs> or new homish. So, oh no, luckily you're driving somebody else's vehicle, right? U-Haul. So hopefully they will come and fix that truck or help you move those items in the truck over to another truck. Let's hope and pray that that happens for you. And hopefully you're not stuck alongside the road in the cold. So take care. Debbie Tippett's two meal. Good morning to you, Ainsley or Tom. Forgetting nouns and verbs are ascension symptoms. Ascension. There we have that. Uh, okay. What else is going on out there? Pressure in the top of my head this morning. Like the queen of swords, I have to go back and fix it sometimes. Uh, yeah, that's JLo, by the way. And uh, Christine, is there such a thing as a Mercury return? Absolutely. Whenever Mercury com comes back to the place it was in your chart when you were born, that is a Mercury return. And all the planets do this, right? All the planets, including the nodes, have a, a return. And they have a specific time period that, that it takes for that. For example, a Mercury return is an 88-day cycle, 88 to 89 days, 88 to 90, let's say, depending on what sign your Mercury is in. And at the time of a planet's return, it begins a new cycle of growth in regards to the nature of that planet or the archetype of the energy in that planet. So if it's Mercury, it is a return that speaks to how maybe the mind has evolved, how your communication style, learning style, or the things that you're interested in studying about or learning about have changed, morphed, and uh, transformed in the previous 88 to 90 days. So yes, so we have a couple of Mercury returns in a year, and uh, we'll have a Venus return, a Mars return, etc., all the way we will never have a Neptune or a Pluto return in our lives. 
because Neptune takes 165 years to go around the wheel. Uh, Neptune is um, uh, one of the outer planets, so it takes much longer in its evolution. And then Pluto is a 248-year cycle, so we don't have those. Uranus is the furthest planet out that we will have a return for, and that is an 84-year cycle. So we'll be, none of us listening today, I don't, unless you're out there and you're older um, than 84, we've not had yet our Uranus return. So, uh, but we have Saturn returns, Jupiter returns, Saturn returns every 29 years or approximately 30 years, Jupiter every 12 years, etc. So we have, we're familiar with those kinds of returns. Uh, but that's a great question. And yeah, Vanita, you're welcome. And I was right, it is your birthday. Uh, so the interesting thing about Vanita's birthday is she's a Piscean. So all of these Piscean planets, Vanita, are uh, impacting you. And I know there are others of you who might have birthdays today. Happy birthday to all of you or birthdays this week. Um, but also interesting to note today for you, Vanita, is that the moon is in Leo and I believe you have a Leo rising or maybe you have a Leo moon. I can't remember. Or you have Leo planets because I remember there's a Leo signature that comes through in your astrology and the moon today is in Leo. So it gives us some really good energy today, some really good heart energy today. So if we can keep tapped into our hearts, right, then maybe some of this other, you know, shenanigans stuff that's going on in the world or in our outer uh, experiences can calm down, right? We can just be more focused on the heart center. It's the center of love and romance, of course. Or, I mean, the uh, the sign of love and romance, our children. It is the ruler of the fifth house in our astrology charts. And that house is about creativity and passion and love and romance and children and taking risks, right? We have to step outside of our comfort zones a bit sometimes with Leo. There's a creative expression here. In fact, it is the sign of self-expression that has its expression in artistry or through creativity. And creativity isn't just about art, although it can show up that way. It can show up in writing. It can show up in any way that we express ourselves in the world. Let, let, let's say you were known for being a business builder. It can show up in that. What if you were an excellent financial planner? Your creative energy could be showing up that way. Creative in relationships, creative, you know, you fill in the blank. Creativity isn't just about artistry. But in Leo, there is a certain artistry to how our creativity is being demonstrated out there in the world. And often this is related to passion. Leo and Scorpio, both signs that I always think of in terms of expressing passion and passion in our, our relationships, in love, passion for what we absolutely love to do in the world. And you, we all know that when we're doing what we love, we are less likely to get caught up in all of the BS of the outer world. So find your passion, live your passion. The next couple of days are all about that Leo ability to live out that passion creatively. But let's talk more about the love energy that comes through here. So Leo energy giving love. And it isn't, you know, Aquarius, the other side of Leo is about the platonic types of love, platonic meaning friendships, maybe, 
or uh, just how we mutually support one another. As I could say, sitting here, I love all of you, even though we don't have a familial connection. Um, so it's that kind of love that comes through Aquarius. But in uh, Leo, it's more of the heart connection that we have to those in our world. So our spouses, our children, our members of close members of our family. So it is the loyalty we feel to certain people in our lives. And it is the generosity of spirit where we are loving and giving to others and where we give encouragement or we, you know, step up to be the light that shines for other people or, you know, shines outward from ourselves to others. And so that is the kind of love that Leo brings to the table. But that whole axis of Leo and Aquarius brings us love. And you all have Leo and Aquarius in your chart. Every one of you, even if it doesn't have planets in it, you have Leo and you have Aquarius there. So we're all meant to give and receive love. Leo is also a sign of celebration, of play, of fun, of games. Oh my gosh, yesterday was just such a delight. Wyatt, a Pisces, was in such a great mood. And he was just the light of the whole household. And there was probably, I don't know, 30 people there. It could have been very overwhelming, but he was very composed and poised as he sat on the couch opening up his presents. And he stood up afterwards and he said, thank you, everybody, for the presents and for coming to my party. Oh, my gosh. Where does this come from? He was just on cue yesterday. It was really great. Um, but I also have to think that that was partly due to the Leo moon, right? The moon had moved into Leo at 12.20 afternoon yesterday, West Coast time. And he was opening presents. It was probably one or two. And so he had the Leo moon behind him. So that idea of fun and play and making, you know, that heart connection, we're heart to heart at that point in time. And we have this energy for another couple of days. It's also recreation and vacation. Maybe it's time to consider where you want to go. Get away from the clouds, get away from the rain, get away from the, I don't know, whatever it is um, that, you know, makes you feel more pleasured, more pleasurable. Uh, dignity. When we think of Leo, we think of the lion, the lion in its dignity, uh, recognition, center stage, right? All of that being in the confident self, knowing your worth, knowing you're confident, knowing that you are radiating out your love, your generosity, your passion. So radiance is another word that we can use for Leo and where Leo is in your chart is where you have this radiance, right? Where people see your light or where you are comfortable radiating. So radiating, that's going to be my word for the week. Also determination. Leo is a sign of the leader. It is a leadership energy in human design. Leo is uh, the first gate in Leo is the 31, which is the gate of democratic leadership. It is a gate that takes us into how humans organize themselves around a leader, as in a leader is elected or is, you know, steps up to the plate voluntarily if, if asked or is invited to be the leader. So not democratic as in democracy, as in a political statement, but as in by agreement, we elevate someone to be the leader, but then that leader through humility takes in the advice and the wisdom from the people around um, so that they are supporting 
uh, everyone and as many as possible anyway, and not uh, becoming arrogant or becoming uh, someone that's authoritarian. So we have, we are designed to have, to be democratic, not a political statement, and get away from authoritarianism or dictatorships. So when we get to Leo energy, we see that the strength, the stamina, the beauty, the dignity of Leo is when there is a central person of leadership, but also uh, everybody has an equal footing and an equal standing. And I can't help but think of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, not so much the uh, the reality of it, but the mythology of a leader who, uh, maybe even a reluctant leader, but someone who also in leadership uh, likes to have the voice of everyone as much as possible be heard and recognized. So Leo energy brings that strength, that dignity, but also has the resoluteness. Have you ever tried to make a Leo do something they didn't want to do? Ain't gonna happen. It's a fixed sign. And as a fixed sign, it is immovable at times can get stuck and stagnant. So that turns us toward the shadow or the lower frequency energies here, where sometimes there can be this um, not moving, right? I'm the leader, right? That becomes arrogance. You listen to me, you do as I say, and it becomes, can even become narcissism and uh, which is an overabundance of love for oneself that actually steals love or takes love and attention from others instead of shining it or radiating it out from within. And pride, bossiness, right? Leo's the consummate boss, dramatic, right? This, there's the trauma, the drama, the drama kings and queens. They either seem to attract drama or they themselves are the source of drama. And this is the low frequency. So we have to watch those kinds of things as well. And in the body or the health correlations that come through Leo, we have a relationship to the back and the spine. And that's always interesting to me because in order for human beings to stand upright, we have to have a very strong spine. And Leo, the strong spine is the core of who we are, right? So it takes us into that uh, idea of being the center, right? Being self-centered. And the the more negative frequency i i even saw this written somewhere that that the low frequency energy in leo was you know self-centeredness and i just want to get us away from that idea of being self-centered is negative because if you look at the body's relationship here the spine being our core the core strength uh, of our ability to stand upright and to move out in the world has to be centered. How many of you have ever had to see a chiropractor because you slipped a, a, a or subluxed, I think they call it a, a vertebra and it brings pain and you feel off somehow. And the chiropractor, you know, manipulates you back into a straight spinal column and you are right with the world again, right? So here, this idea of self-centered is the positive expression where maybe selfishness or arrogance or pride can be the more negative expression. So the back and the spine, very important. If you're feeling pain in your back or your spine, maybe it is a Leo issue. Maybe you're not bringing out your creativity. 
Maybe you have gotten too boring and you need more play or fun or excitement in your life. So lots of different things that could be, you know, correlating with a problem with the back and the spine. Um, Leo also rules the heart, the heart, the physical heart, as well as the spiritual heart. So heart issues, so high blood pressure, strokes, or uh, uh, what do they call that? The uh, beating, the AFib, I think, afibrillation, where the heart's fluttering or beating off, off key. Those things are also all a part of the moon in Leo or Leo energy. Inflammation and also heat, overheat, like heat exhaustion or literal exhaustion, right? From doing too much, not resting. If you watched a cat and you see my cat over my shoulder here on her little orange tiger stripe mat, um, what do they do? They sleep most of the time or they're inactive or they just recline, right? She's always reclining. So we forget that as humans, that we need to also recline, rest, restore, um, take a nap, uh, get downtime, right? We don't always have to be 100%. Don't going, 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 going. Uh, because if we do that, we risk exhaustion. So there we have Leo, the Leo moon. Uh, but Leo, in other words, anywhere in your chart. So uh, what else is going on? Good morning, Susie Gemini. And good morning, Christine and JLo Ainsley. I'm in my second Neptune return. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but that would be funny. Uh, second Neptune return would mean you're 320 years old. Woo. Uh, Vanita says moon in Scorpio. Aha, Leilani, hello to you. And who else is out there this morning? Um, if I've missed you, I'm so sorry. Uh, let's see. Kathleen says, I've been seeing a chiropractor lately, right? To help you get back into alignment. Because when your body's aligned, then everything else can be aligned. Um, ah, peaceful Panther Binksy. Yes, she's peaceful at the moment. But she was like a holy terror earlier this morning. I actually let her outside. I'm like, go out there and terrorize the neighborhood. <laughs> she was just crazy. Uh, questions, comments, uh, go ahead and put those here in the, um, the dialogue. And let's take a look now at what we can expect from the week ahead. Now, while it isn't a, a week that mm, where we, where we have a lot of, of planets that are creating havoc, it's a week, I think, where we have a lot of potential for shifting and collectively, but also individually. So when we have the potential for shifts, we also shift is, you know, code word for change <laughs> can also be a code word for transformation. Uh, so when we have that kind of energy, you can almost feel like the anxiety that that is rising within us, either collectively, the collective rising of anxiety in response to the unknown, right? The, the changes that might be coming up. And, and we may not know that change is coming. We might not be able to say, okay, there's a change coming. I feel it in my bones. But what we may be saying is that I feel this anxiety. It's coming out in my dreams, or I just feel this, you know, in my body. And so we may sense something that's changing, but not necessarily attribute it to a change that's coming. But this week, there are some shifts that are going to make changes as we go forward down the line here. One of them, of course, we just spoke about with Jupiter moving into the gate 22. And 
the 20 and also at the same time you know just a few days ago neptune shifted out of 22 and into 36. so we have neptune that's shifted out of 22 but had been there and now jupiter growing our evolutionary consciousness or the consciousness of evolution even at the gate 22 which is really about understanding our grace and where does grace come from and understanding moods and emotions and the ability to use emotion to calibrate with our hearts. And what do I mean by that? I mean, instead of reacting to stimulus outside of you, like, you know, Tom and Ainsley out there on the road, the truck breaking down. I mean, I can imagine what I would be like. I mean, I would be just fit to be tied. In fact, I know I would, right? I'd be scared. I'm out in this road, in this territory I don't know. And I don't know this vehicle. And I mean, lots of different things could be triggers to anxiety. But then to remember before you react outwardly to that emotion, what is it telling me about me? Well, I'm, I, I have fear maybe that I'm dealing with. Or I believe that there's something wrong in this situation, right? So the truck broke down. What am I being protected from instead? What if I looked at it that way? Uh, what am I being saved from experiencing in this moment? Uh, who, we don't know. And that's the point, right? We don't know, but we have this emotional reaction to the things that show up in our lives. On um, Friday, I had a meltdown over the over banking regulations. And uh, I mean, it was just ridiculous, right? The regulations in and of themselves are have just gotten so ridiculous. I understand now why Richard Rudd says that it's red tape in this world that is killing um, the creativity on the planet. Um, because I tried, all I was trying to do was get funds released on a check that I deposited. And the banking manager is telling me, no, you can't do that. I can't release those funds until March 22nd. It was March 11th. You're telling me that you don't want to release my funds for, for almost 12 days, 11 days, and uh, or 10 business days, I guess is what she was saying. And I'm like, that's BS right? That's my money. If I wrote a check to you, you would cash it immediately. So why, when I'm depositing a check, do you want to hold my funds? Well, if you go online and you look up the banking re uh, regulations, we can hold a check where we don't feel like it has, uh, that it can't, it can't be recoverable. I mean, right. So I was frustrated. I was upset and it took me a good 45 minutes to cool down from that, that, problem I was having with this banker. And I think the whole idea of what happens to us sometimes is the powerlessness we feel in response to things that are happening in our outer world. Like, how am I supposed to fight the banking system? Right? So the banking system says, this is how it is, you know, deal with it. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't want to deal with that. Right? I don't accept that you can tell me how long I have to wait before I have access to money that I've just put in your bank. So uh, at the same time, when something else happens, for example, a truck breakdown, I, I don't want to accept that I'm stuck here on the side of the road in minus 20 degrees or whatever the temperature is there, Tom and Ainsley. But the, the point is when we emotionally react, we make the problem worse because we're actually focusing on the problem. Not, we're not focusing on the solution. We're not looking at the bigger picture. The emotion clouds our awareness of how this might be serving us, right? I got all revolutionary, rebellious, and, you know, it triggered that Saturn at 49. And I want to create a revolution in the banking system. I want the banks to go away. 
right? I want them to have to be at my service and not me at theirs. And that's how I was feeling. So there's, there's this energy of, you know, we've got to be able to be more accepting of the emotional energy, but there's this revolution and we just want to change everything. And it's the combination, it's the, it's the seeming opposition in those two types of energies that create this friction. And now we have the earth sitting at the gate of friction that is this week. So it could be little triggers to big things, right? I mean, literally the woman on the phone is trying to tell me it's out of her hands and I believe her, it is out of her hands because she's probably as much a victim of this as anybody else is. And uh, I thought it was just my bank that did this. But as I was talking to family yesterday about the whole situation, they're all telling me, yeah, my bank does the same thing. And I'm like, when did that happen? So we have friction that is about things that are supposed to shift. Now, do they shift right away? That's the other question, right? Big systems like banking aren't going to shift overnight, but little things, our reaction to those things, our response to those things are what we can change. Hmm. I did not do a very good job of that on Friday, but that's okay. I'm still human. Um, tomorrow, Tuesday, the moon will be in an opposition to Saturn. When that happens, we can sometimes feel that energy of melancholy or depression, even low energy fatigue. Tomorrow might be a good day to be good to yourself, to be kind to yourself, to get extra sleep if you can, to take a nap if you can, to build in space for creativity or for just lounging or relaxing because tomorrow you might not emotionally feel on the top of your game. And then as well tomorrow, the biggest news of the week is probably the nodal shift. Now we know in astrology, the nodes shifted back in January into Taurus and Scorpio, but in human design, there's a smaller span of degrees through which changes occur. So we are coming up to a shift in the gates that the nodes will be sitting at. And that changes the collective lessons and the collective, uh, future or the direction that we're moving in. So the trajectory of our collective life path changes uh, tomorrow, as well as what we have to let go of. Now, this might mirror for some of you who have Taurus and Scorpio nodes or have the 43 and the 23 in either your North node or your South nodes, because tomorrow the nodes will shift and the North node becomes the gate 23, which is the gate of simplicity right? It takes the calm. Like I was just saying, banks and other institutions have been so complex, so much red tape, so much junk and hoops that you have to jump through and it needs to be simplified. And, and if we don't do that consciously, if we don't consciously set out to start undoing some of that uh, regulation and some of those um, laws or rules, then the, the system itself probably will crash again and give us an opportunity to rebuild it in a more simplified way. Think about you know, if you're here in the US, we're coming into tax season, right? I, some of you have probably already done it and already gotten refunds back or paid your taxes, but we are still in the middle of it. And we have probably one of the stupidest, most complex tax systems in the world. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. So what, what if we could simplify it? right? What if we could simplify it? Take your own life, for example, your own life for the next few months is going to be looking at how can I simplify my life? 
Do I need all of these things that are around me? Are there uh, things that I can let go of? Um, do I need to have uh, all of these, you fill in the blank, dishes? Do I have to have all of these books? Do I have to have all of these glasses? Do I have to have all of these, you know, whatever? Um, because it'll be a time for us to simplify. The south node, the south node is going to be interesting because it's going to be in the gate 43, which is at the point of the Ajna. So where the Ajna comes down to meet the throat, the 23 is on the throat center and the 43, the south node will be parked at the Ajna or the mind. And that tells me, hmm, we're going to have to be letting go something of our, something in of our mind, perhaps. And what is that? Well, it comes down to this. Are you going to listen to the voice of your soul or are you going to listen to the voice of your ego? And both the 23 and the 43 have an interesting, they form a channel, by the way. So the entire channel connecting the Ajna to the throat center will be defined, turned on for every person on the planet for the next few months right? So be aware, right? You're going to have this channel that we often call the freak to genius channel, but it has another low frequency energy and it's deafness. If we look at it through the, the gene keys, its lowest expression is deafness, deafness because we don't listen, right? So one side is about not hearing the voice of the soul through all the cacophony of the egos, uh, you know, dance that it's doing. And on the other side is that maybe just because we can't hear the voice of the soul, we feel like we have to keep building these complex systems in order to make things work instead of just being in our intuitive selves and taking the straight line through to something, we build something, some structure or form that is humongous. That just doesn't need to be right. So it's like, think, think about a road construction project and uh, maybe they're building a bridge over a river. This happened to uh, the area I live a, a couple of years ago, a truck hit the, one of the stanchions of the, the, the river and it, uh, or the bridge and it broke the bridge and a big section of the bridge fell with dropping people and cars into the river. And uh, what a mess, right? Because this was uh, the major thoroughfare that connects uh, all the goods going from moving from the west coast of the United States to Canada. And so there was a huge problem as people had to find a way around it. And how do you get around a river, right? You have to find another bridge and there isn't another easy bridge. So it caused all of these different things that people had to do to try to get around and get over first, get over the river and then get around back to the highway so that they could continue on the journey. So was there a simpler way for us to have taken care of this? I don't know. That's a more complex situation. But how many bridges in our lives do we have to have? Or how many roads that are broken in our lives, and metaphorical roads, that we are building this complex thing so we can avoid, right? Zigzagging all around the subject, dancing all around something instead of taking the straight line. When we take the straight line, it affords us an epiphany or a breakthrough. So the breakthrough for all of us in the south node part of this is the breakthrough to listening to the voice of our inner self or our souls and at the 23 the north node this is called the gate of assimilation 
So we're able to take in what we're hearing and able to break through all of the egoic levels and come straight to the soul, doing things, saying things, being, letting go of things that no longer um, are part of our soul purpose or our soul lineage and moving on, right? So it's going to be an interesting time. So that begins tomorrow. Wednesday is quiet, thankfully, giving us a moment or two or three to perhaps integrate all of the things that are uh, changing. And then on Thursday, Mercury comes into a sextile with Uranus. And, you know, Uranus is the higher mind, Mercury, the lower mind. And I don't say that that's not as a hierarchy. It's that Mercury rules the thinking processes, right? Uh, everything to do with data recall, with memory, with uh, comparing and contrasting and analyzing. It's very Ajna-like, right? Uh, recalling uh, situations and facts and figures where Uranus rules the higher mind. It's the part of the mind that's connected to the universe or to the um, super consciousness. And it's able to bring in ideas and inspiration and ahas and uh, revelation, right? So we have the potential on Thursday. Actually, even now, I believe, you know, they're getting pretty close to this sextile where we can, if we can think outside of the box or we can think without being connected to the old mind, we can see things in new ways. So there's this high potential but unfortunately for us, that also creates a lot of anxiety in us. It, uh, Mercury and uh, Uranus here have an effect on our nervous system and the central nervous system, as well as all the peripheral uh, nervous system. So our, we might feel a little on edge. We might feel a little nervous, with anxious even without really identifying what it is that's created that for us. So we have that. But stay in your skin, right? Stay in your skin and be okay with the idea that maybe this is a new idea, a new electric sort of potential coming in that will be useful for you. And then, of course, on Friday, we have the full moon. The full moon will be in Virgo. And on that same day, the sun, uh, which is part of the full moon, is in a sextile to Pluto. Pluto is the transformer, right? He transforms he makes change. He creates the path of transformation. And with the sun transforming the ego, transforming the light of who we are, but also with the full moon in Virgo, letting go, letting go perhaps of old routines, letting go of old habits, um, things that no longer are useful. Simplifying is another word I could use for that full moon. We'll, we're going to talk more about the full moon especially once we get to Friday. And then on the weekend, Saturday, Venus comes into a square with Uranus, soon to be followed by Mars in a square to Uranus as they're still playing tag team, right? They're just, one will move ahead and then the other one lags and then the other one catches up. And it's this, you know, tag teaming thing that they're doing. And that also ushers in the next season, right? On Sunday, we have the first, uh, the spring equinox. And on that day, Mercury is conjunct Jupiter. We're still in the shadow of the full moon. And we have a turning of the year, if you will, in human design. Every turning of the year happens at a season, right? It happens at the seasonal shift. And it always happens at the gates of love in a configuration that reminds us about love. 
that love is our identity. It is who we are, beings of love, beings of light. And so at the end of the week, we have a reminder then about love. And the gates that will be intertwined at this point are the gates of the love of spirit, right? The higher uh, spirit, the spirit of who we all are, right? <laughs> if we could see all of our, if we could rise above and see ourselves back at the planet, we would see that all of our petty human things hide or cloud the fact that we are one, right? That from a spiritual standpoint, you know, we may be expressing ourselves in all of these 7 billion different ways, but we are all one, right? So we have that potential, but also the uh, love of the body or embodiment being boots on the ground on the physical planet, demonstrating universal love on the planet. So that's the high potential at the turning of the season. And of course, everything after that, until we get to the next season, summer will be about our summer or winter, if you're in the uh, uh, south of the equator, uh, are going to be about how do we move through spiritual love and uh, physical love right? Being in the body, being in the physical, taking care of our bodies, as well as taking care of our spirits and taking care of one another from a loving standpoint. And then on Sunday, we have the spring equinox. And uh, I'm actually, as an astrologer, and many of you, I, I don't know if you really know about this, but you can draw up a chart seasonally. And at the moment that the sun comes to zero Aries, which is what happens at the spring equinox, uh, we have what we call the spring equinox or the autumn equinox if you're below the, the equator. And it is a time where the whole of the, the zodiac begins again, right at zero degrees Aries. So all is new. It is the astrological new year. So we have this new injection of energy that is very bold, is very activated, it's Mars ruled. And if you draw up a chart for the equinox or the solstice even, you get a picture of the potential for what goes on through that period of time. We can do this both as individuals and we can also do this as uh, in general, the bigger picture. So uh, having that, you know, as a tool on your tool belt can help you understand what might be happening for you in the next three month period of time. And we do that by looking at the planets and where they're moving to, who are they connecting with. And I dare say that our spring will be interesting because Jupiter will leave Pisces during this period of time and will move into Aries. So we have a planet that brings us uh expansion and growth moving into the very newness of aries right the boldness of aries in the springtime so at a time when we are also instigating change when we are listening to the voices of our um hopefully listening to the voices of our souls versus our egos and i have a feeling that those people who don't remember that or who are not aware of that that there's going to be a bunch of egoic clashes going on during the spring, if there isn't already the beginnings of that, as we can see uh, in the outer world. So should be an interesting season, maybe filled with a lot of confrontational energy, but because we're all in the know, we know that the, it's signaling a change for us to move out of our egos and into our spirits, right? Into our souls. <sighs> so, Five minutes left. That was interesting, right? Uh, anybody have any questions? I'm just going to go quickly down the row here of comments. 
uh, bring me a higher love, Christine says, reminds me of that great song. Indeed, uh, the spring equinox is vernal. And uh, Ainsley, Tom, I'm not sure why you brought that. Steve Winwood, bring me a higher love. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. Um, uh, Shaka Khan, did she do a version of that too? OMG, maybe that's what is going on with me. Hmm, I don't know, J-Lo. could be going on with all of us. I mean, the, the potential is that we are all able to move through this. We are all collectively doing this. Um, some of us we see are doing it faster, maybe, or some of us are doing it more with more awareness. Um, some of us are doing it with more choice, like I'm choosing to do this. I'm not going to fight this. I'm going to surrender to the process. Uh, others are backpedaling going, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Um, so we're all at various levels of accepting uh, all of this. And remember that Pluto, <laughs> Pluto is sitting at the gate of acceptance accepting the limitation of the times we live in, accepting that we have to come down to earth first in order to build a foundation for what it is that's going to support our future or our evolution. So yowza, lots of good stuff going on. Uh, yes, Vanita, I'm going to draw a card for your birthday. That's a good thought. And then I'm also going to draw a card or two for us for the week. So Vanita, what deck would you like? I have so many. I have wisdom of the oracle. I have animal decks. I have angel decks. I have goddess decks. I have the Mayan oracle. I have uh, messages from heaven. I have what's the star seeds ones. Um, all kinds of fun ones. So you tell me what you want in the while I'm waiting to hear back from you about that. I'm going to draw us an animal card for the collective and a star seed oracle apparently because I just pulled that up. And now I just have to go because I did not put the cards back in the right order the other day. Uh, I also have dragons, Benita. Dragons. So let's pull an animal card for the collective for this week. And have that as our... Hey, Michelle. Good morning. I was thinking about you this morning. Uh, I was going to text you after the broadcast to see how your knee is doing. And we get swan spirit. I love it. It was upside down, however. So we have swan spirit. Isn't she beautiful? I love where I live because right now all the swans are here. Well, they've been here since like October or November, the trumpeter swans. So we have fields of these beautiful birds. Swan spirit says time for a deep dive. It is card number 60. So an elevated six time to bring balance and harmony into our lives. Does that perhaps mirror the earth this week, right? Where impact can be uh, felt in what goes on with us as humans or individuals. And I'm going to read swan here. And the swan was in reverse. So the protection message says, don't talk yourself into diving deep into something just because you see the potential of things instead of what they really are now. The necessary work and patience involved may not be the best use of your energy. Have you seen the potential in someone and think that if you love and support them, they will become the person who knows you love them beyond all others? Have you stepped into an opportunity that you know feels too good to be true and might not turn out the way you hope? Now is not a time for selective, limited perception that can lead to misjudgment. Instead, this is a time for going deep and being honest about what you find as you explore the depths. 
Have no fear for whatever you find below will help you love and understand yourself and others and make better choices. Can you sense swan spirit calling you to dive deep and resurface to choose again? Swan, she's just a beauty, right? Just a beauty. Uh, okay, Vanita, which cards did you want? Mayan, all right, let's do it. And Mayan, so the, this is the Mayan Oracle, a galactic language of light by Ariel Spilsbury and Michael Briner or Brinner, perhaps. And these cards are beautiful. They're very deep. So let's get this for you. So this will be a birthday message, Vanita. So you might keep this in mind for yourself for the whole of your year, your new year from birthday to birthday. And dissonance Ooh, five ten it's an 11 an 11 so you have an 11 and this is a numbered card so in the mayan calendar or in their mayan system of numbers the bars are five and so you have two bars that's 10 and then the dots are uh, single numbers so one dot is a one so you have five ten eleven and it's the number of dissonance and let's see what that might mean. And I think I'm going to draw a second card for that for you too, because, well, it depends. Let's see if we can get a real good read on what this means. So 11. So it always starts with a little poet poem. Stripped down to essence, marrow, marrow of light, beyond definition, your soul takes flight. Sounds very much like... Um, uh, the 23 right where the simplicity right the the node shift the qualities of the 11 are change disintegration letting go stripping away complexity moving to simplicity innovator systems buster 11 is the ray of dissonance the foundation is self combined with the foundation of essence self catalyzed by the point of unity 11 is the process of disintegration, stripping away the layers down to your core essence. Unity, the great illuminator, is transforming patterns and structures, freeing you from things that no longer serve your emerging wholeness. Look through the surface appearance of your process. Let complexity dissipate, becoming the blessing of simplicity. In drawing 11, cherished ideals beliefs and images of all kinds are being brought up for you to re-examine illuminate and transform examine what appears dissonant in your life let go embrace the disintegration process without resisting or judging it the rigid walls of your resistances are being broken down going through your resistances and boundaries prepares a space for greater wisdom you are becoming an open system if you have drawn this card, you are being called to be an innovator, a systems buster, <laughs> an agent for change. Anything that is overdefined or inflexible is fair game for change. Likewise, anything that presently defines and limits you is being stripped away. Expect clearing and change. As your facade crumbles and your walls come tumbling down, the true illumination of self bursts through. Wow. So you're almost the mirror image of what this week is all about. So for you, the entire year, Vanita, is about this. And I had a thought while I was reading this. I don't remember how old you are or what year you were born. 
but is it possible you're getting ready to go through your second Saturn return, which is also a representation of a time in your life where you're stripping away, letting go, pruning back all the things that no longer serve you and that what come becomes you is the true essence of you. Now, yes, you are right in the midst of it, Miss 1963. All of my 1963ers are going through their uh, Saturn return. In fact, yours is probably imminent, like in it at this moment, uh, because likely your Saturn was at about 15, 16, 17 of Aquarius. So if you can, if you know your chart, look that up. So Saturn return as well as your birthday in a week that has a lot of stripping us down from complexity to simplicity. And you are the model of that going forth here. So it's a big shift. It's a big shift. All right, you guys. Um, oh, I was going to draw a star seat Oracle card. Let's do that. This is a deck I haven't used very much yet. So let's do that. I um, signed up this week end to become a certified star seed astrology professional and i cannot wait i already get this and i just want to study it deeper before i start to present it to all of you but very soon i'm going to be looking to all of you to have readings so that i can share your soul's development through the different star systems so today i've got the seal of subtle luminosities discernment, discipline, and order. Funny thing, card number 11. Oh, funny, funny. And look at that. Isn't that beautiful? That is such a beautiful geometric design. It reminds me of a, of a Taurus, a T-O-R-U-S, which is a transformational tool. And here's the Starseed Oracle book. Let's see what this means. The symbolism is discernment, discipline, order, the elements are earth and air. The crystal is amblygonite. I've never even heard of that. Chakras, the root chakra, third eye and crown, planets, Saturn and Mercury, zodiac signs, Virgo, Capricorn and Libra. This seal promotes order, encouraging decisive arrangements into practical frameworks and workable formats that will allow a natural ease and fluency regarding the development of projects and enterprises instilling the discipline needed to reach the end goal by piecing the details together into the larger design of one's life. As well, it reminds one to practice discernment on all levels, relying on internal guidance to direct focus and attention on what is most appropriate and important for one's particular path, regardless of what outside influences may seem to suggest or demand, ultimately determining what is best or right for one's self. Shining the light, babies. Here we go. All right. Well, wishing you all a very happy day. I be watching on, uh, I'll decide tomorrow if I need to come on on Wednesday. I'll see what's going on in the world around and how I'm feeling. And maybe then we can talk more about what is happening with the node shift as well. Don't forget, Friday is our third Friday of the month where for an hour I will be entertaining people on Zoom that want to bring their human design, their, their gene key or their astrology chart and ask questions about it. And it's free. So I'll be posting the link for that a little bit later today. And that's it for me. Take care, everybody. Tom and Ainsley, I wish you safety and security. And hopefully you get on your way and get back home as soon as possible. Much love, everybody. Bye for now.
Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.